Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This place is our house. I might be in the Hall of Fame today, but you guys will still always be my heroes. It's the hardest race I ever had. I wouldn't trade nothing for nothing else. The people in this ring, they are what inspired me. This ring is as much for you as it is for me. You can never, ever give up. I took the right hand, I shook it at him like this, and I said, damn it, I want to be a Penske driver. Don't spin out on me now. Cooperstown, Canton, today, Charlotte. It's Hall of Fame Day here on NASCAR America. Today is the day the next class of NASCAR's elite will be announced. It is the day where, quite simply, lives are forever changed. There are 20 nominees, 15 held over from last year, and five new names, drivers, owners, crew chiefs, engine builders, and from this group, five will earn NASCAR immortality. Welcome to a very special edition of NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. I'm Krista Voda, and joined shortly by Kyle Petty here in our Stamford, Connecticut studio. But let's head right back to Charlotte, where our crew chief Steve Letarte and NASCAR and NBC's Nate Ryan are in the hall. Nate, you were in the room where the inductees were determined. I don't want to put you on the spot. No, honestly, I kind of do. You're on the voting panel. <laughs> what was the conversation like in that room today? Well, naturally, I'll, I'll tell you, Krista, uh, but... I'll answer it two ways. One, Steve, is that I've heard our Rick Allen and others say that choosing a Hall of Fame class is like choosing the faces for Mount Rushmore. So imagine choosing the faces for Mount Rushmore, but having Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt in the room helping you choose those people. Uh, because there are a lot of Hall of Famers in that voting discussion room. There's Richard Petty, Ned Jarrett, uh, a lot of luminaries and NASCAR legends. So that that's what the tenor of the room feels like. I would say that this year, Steve, it felt a little bit different in that I could tell who the five were going to be based off of a list of about eight. In the past, I, I come out of that room and I don't know at all. This year, I feel like I could pick out seven or eight names and say, I think it's going to be one of these five. Well, then you're doing better than me because when I looked at the <laughs> list of 20, there was one that stood out. And without a doubt, Jeff Gordon, I think, is the obvious going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't have a vote, but in my mind, I can't see anyone in that room not thinking Jeff Gordon should be in the Hall of Fame. And as I get deeper than that, I look at the driver list, right? We have Alan Kowicki, Davey Allison, two other drivers that, in my mind, are Hall of Famers. You know, where do you put them on the list? Do they deserve to win now? Should they wait? You and I have had this discussion. Everyone has such an impact to the sport. Where does that impact place you? And what makes it deserving to go in the Hall? And for two, those two drivers I just named, as awful as it is, their careers were cut so short. You have to assume what they were going to do with the rest of their career for their numbers to stack up with other drivers, or is it just a legacy that they've left already? Right, and I think I can speak in generalities about the discussion, not specifically, and I can tell you that the discussion around Alan Kowicki and Davey Allison 
did make the point that they are somewhat tragically inextricably linked because they both died within a few months of each other in 1993. So as you mentioned, Steve, they were tremendous uh, personalities. They left big legacies. Their careers were cut short, but uh, they, they certainly got a lot of discussion today about whether they should be in the NASCAR well, Hall of And fans. both very short. Alan Kowicki, 39 years old. Davey Allison, 32 years old. If my math's right, double-check my math. It can be wrong. But two drivers under 40. We see what Kevin Harvick is doing over the age of 40. There's no telling what those two guys could have done. And that's just on the driver spectrum. Then when I look at the owners, right. some big names have already gone in. Rick Hendrick went in. Um, I look at Roger Penske, Jack Roush, Joe Gibbs. Those three names jump out at me as three owners that should go in eventually. When is that? I don't know. And it's because more than just their numbers as an owner. You think about Penske. He built racetracks. He owned racetracks. You think about Jack Roush helped developing parts on the car. The air boxes, the roof flaps come to mind with Roush Industries. And then I think Coach Gibbs kind of paved the way for the non-automotive guy to prove that you can own a team in NASCAR. And I think there's a discussion there that was had, Steve, about you know, how many of those guys do you put in? I think you're right. All three of them will get in eventually. I have a vote. I voted for one. And I think there are some who voted for two. There are probably some that voted for three. But there is a lot. You know, you hit on, the, I think, the crux of the discussion is the, the criteria for the NASCAR Hall of Fame is never given to us. So it's essentially up to each voter. And I think if you look at Roger Penske, it is body of work. It's not just the 2012 championship. It's also owning all those racetracks, being a captain of industry. Jack Roush, it's not just about winning two cup championships and being the all-time winningest owner in NASCAR National Series. It's also about he gave so many drivers their start and did a lot with safety elements as well. And as you mentioned, Gibbs, terrific talent evaluator. Well, every year I wish I was in that room, and then when I hear the process, I'm glad I'm not because I think I would freeze <laughs> up, and I don't know who I would vote for. But someone else who knows a tremendous amount of NAS- or about NASCAR, Vice Chairman Mike Helton is standing by with Dave Burns. And Steve, he is in the room each and every year, and so we'll get to that in a minute. I just want to go back to the importance of this day. Uh, for those of us who watch your sport and describe it, you have lived it for so long, Mike. What does this day mean each and every year? It's always very special. It's, uh, it's, it's like checking out for three hours and hearing the history of our sport play itself out in front of you, talking about our legacy, talking about the generations before us or current generations, and, and just being able to relive for three hours the, the, the sanctimonious part of our sport, the, the pioneers, the, those who made the sport what it is by their names, by their actions, by their activities. And it's, it's like laying everything down, getting all the distractions out of the way and focusing on the heart and soul of NASCAR for three hours. You mentioned the stories. It, it must be fascinating. I'm wondering, do the stories ever change your heart or your pencil when you're making that ballot choice? It seems like more today than early on. I think early on we had a lot of folks that were obvious to, that belonged in the Hall of Fame and uh, but but ten years later, I think we're 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 debating a little bit more the the in our own minds about who to pick on those last couple of votes. And I know it's in my case, and a lot of the stories that are told in every generation of our sport is represented in this room, uh, right up to our current champion Martin Truex. Uh, but but when you hear stories from the first Darlington Southern 500. Or, or, or races before we knew of NASCAR from those who experienced it firsthand, they're impactful. And they, they remind you of people that, that may not have been considered or voted for before but are still on the list to rethink that out. So, yeah, I think the conversation and the open dialogue that takes place in a room uh, helps you fill out the last couple or three 
votes on your on your list. The first couple of three, uh, a lot of people think that Jeff Gordon is a lock, but what was the discussion around Jeff, a first-time nominee? It was around Jeff, his first-time nominee, and and the credentials Jeff has earned in our sport. I mean, it's uh, he is he's uh, the the face and the so shoulders of our era uh, in NASCAR, and he, he he's played such a huge role uh, on the racetrack in the sport, transcending uh, almost every lifestyle you can imagine from Saturday Night Live to, to, to North Wilkesboro, you know, so he, he's been a very special force in our history and in our current state uh, and will be for years to come. And so a lot of the dialogue today was about the impact that Jeff Gordon and the Jeff Gordon era played in our sport. We stand by now, Krista, and await the reveal. Yes, we do. Thank you, Dave. And yeah, the, na the names you saw again on the side of the screen while Dave was interviewing yeah. Mike, those are the nominees. The announcement, as you saw the clock sort of ticking away, is coming up at the bottom of the hour. 5.30 is when that announcement happens, and we will have it for you live. Okay, it's Kyle Petty's turn. And Nate brought up an interesting point. The criteria for being on the voting panel, the criteria yeah. you use, isn't really black and white. You used to be a, a voter. You've yes. been in that room. What was the criteria you would use? What was the process like for you? Uh, I I'm a little bit more old school. Than, than a lot of people. And, and we heard Nate and, and those guys talk about Richard Petty being in the room, Ned Jarrett. I grew up with those guys. So I lean more towards that era. Um, and the new nominees, I look at, 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 um, at, at John Homan and Ralph Moody, at Homan and Moody. We talk about owners. They are the owner uh, from my era, the way I look at it. I remember going to Homan and Moody um, when I was eight or nine years old, when my dad switched to Ford for a year and thinking, oh, my God, how do we race against these guys over in Level Cross, North Carolina, when they've got all this stuff? Uh, love David Pearson's car, that 17 gold and blue one. But I, I look at it, and the criteria for me is who laid the groundwork for where we are today? Uh, I look at the Raymond Foxes. I look at the Waddell Wilsons. I look at the Leonard Woods and Glenn Woods. I look at Raymond Parks, guys like that. I look at the France family, and I say, that's where our foundation is. Let's build on top of it. We're at a different point in time today. This is a special day in our sport. We are getting into to drivers like Alan Kowicki, Davey Allison. Uh, you still have the throwbacks of, of Raymond Fox and Holman and Moody and some of those guys. But there's that mixture. And just as Mike Hilton said, it's getting a little bit harder. It's getting a little bit harder to, to, to figure out where you're going. Uh, so I don't envy those guys, but I think today is a day for celebration. You mentioned Holman and Moody. Uh, the guys talked a lot about Jeff Gordon. Um, three of the first-time yeah. nominees. You also have uh, Kirk Shelmerdine, Harry Gant. Of course, Harry Gant, when you talk old school, I mean, <laughs> Harry Gant's in that list as well, and then the accomplishments that, that he achieved, especially in the month of September. Yeah, Harry Gant, phenomenal guy. Came in, uh, drove that Skull Bandit. That's what he will always be known as, Handsome Harry, the Skull Bandit. Just a great guy. Uh, and, and was an incredible race car driver. Came in to look after and kind of show Stan Barrett how to get around the racetrack when Hal Needham and, and, and Burt Reynolds started that team. Uh, I look at Kurt Shelmerding. Kurt Shelmerding wins his first race at 25 as a crew chief. Unheard of during that period of time uh, with Ricky Rudd. We had the Harry Hydes. We had the Leonard Woods. We had the Dale Inmans. And then this 25-year-old kid wins with Richard Childress's equipment. Unheard of at that time. So all of these guys, as we look at this list and we look at the nominees this year, all of these guys are deserving at some point in time to be and cross that threshold into the Hall of Fame. Well, if you're a fan of storytelling, it's a good day for you to tune in because we're going to have some stories. We're also going to have the newest class 
in NASCAR's Hall of Fame. When we return, we will continue to highlight the Hall of Fame nominees as the anticipation builds. Probably not much uncertainty for Jeff Gordon after all his numbers are off the charts. Gordon won 93 cup races, four championships in his remarkable career, all of it spent at Hendrick Motorsports. Up next, we will hear from his longtime crew chief and a Hall of Famer himself, Ray Evernham. Ray's speech last year was incredible. We'll hear what the Hall means to him when we return. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Serena Williams is back on the famous red clay courts in Paris for her first major appearance since her return. The French Open begins Sunday at noon on NBC, part of NBC Sports Championship season, presented by Canada Dry Ginger Ale and Lemonade. Serena is a future Hall of Famer. One of the five members of the 2018 Hall of Fame class was our colleague Ken Squire, one of NASCAR's original broadcasters. He actually coined the phrase the Great American Race to describe the Daytona 500. He knows firsthand that hearing your name called today is pure magic. A Hall of Fame symbolizes the love people share for their heroes in their sport. The symbol of the game here are not bats or gloves, but steel and rubber that transport the best to heights we believe deserving of admiration and respect. So how do we measure fame? Why and for whom? Whose interest is served here? Families, for sure, that give so much of themselves to support the dreams and determination demanded to reach this place. Fans, for sure, searching for figures seemingly larger than our own lives that represent, in our minds, success and survival. The heroes here are our symbols of courage and kindness, thoughtfulness and unswerving dedication with the mental and physical strength to succeed, to win, and leave behind for future generations the portrait of an individual who may look like a lot of us, but stood above the crowd. For drivers, builders, creators, who attain this ultimate assessment of excellence, this unique distinction is the highest praise we can pass along. To be perceived as a Hall of Fame recipient, one is judged by their peers, while those experts make their selection of five. Only five people annually to be inducted into the hall. It's been said that sport is a metaphor on life, a likeness, if you will. And surely then this Hall of Fame and its members deserve their place because this sport can test its participants in life all the way unto death. But among these heroes that played on this level that places them here, their words are clear, strong, and often humble. 50-time winner and twice NASCAR champion Ned Jarrett simply said of being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I want to be a good inductee. Three-time cup champion Darrell Waltrip replaced his 1982 NASCAR ring with a Hall of Fame one and said, This is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. From earlier times, 1960 national champion Rex White was heard to say, nothing else comes close. This is it.
every driver, crew chief, broadcaster will tell you they didn't get into the sport for the accolades they raced because for them, it was simply synonymous with breathing. One of the men who revolutionized the sport and was rewarded with his own Hall of Fame distinction last year is a man who helped raise Steve Latart. Let's go back to the Hall of Fame. Steve, that's safe to say, right? That's absolutely right. You were mentioning how you got into the sport. Well, you also have to have a, a mentor. And fortunately for me, my mentor is a Hall of Famer. Ray, you and I were having this discussion in the Hall. When it was built and I saw those heroes going in the first class, I didn't have a personal connection. So I didn't quite understand. But then as I saw Rick Hendrick go in, and more than that, you go in last year, the Hall really started to clear up to me of just what it meant to the sport. But that's from me watching from the audience. You are a Hall of Fame member. What was this process like for you? Steve, you, you heard Ken, and, and Ken speaks so eloquently about the feelings and what it means. And But I'll bet you if you ask him what it means to him, it would not be as easy. And I can tell you it's been a it's been that fire hose of emotion. It is a very humble feeling because, as you saw, the, the, the greats, the spirit of our sport lives here. And just to think and feel that your peers – thought enough of you to think that you have a place in here it's by far the greatest honor that can be bestowed on you in this career no matter how many races you win or championships to, to come here is is by far the highest honor i've ever received so i want to obviously get your opinion on jeff first ballot hall of famer but before let's talk about the process today we'll hear the five names that will go into the hall but then those five names go all through the season and then won't be inducted until next winter. When did it hit you? Was it when you were announced here, when you gave your speech? When did it ever sink in that you were, your name, your likeness was going to be in the Hall of Fame? It doesn't totally. It takes time. It, you know, right here, when I, when I walked in and I didn't have to show anything, that people met me at the door and handed me a credential, it still totally hasn't sunken in. And, and when, you know, when you look at that ring or just watching some of the things on television there, it's, it, it, it doesn't sink in. It, it is an emotional roller coaster. And people come up and, and congratulate you from not just our sport, other forms of sport. It, it changes, you know, Len Wood and Andy Wood told me this is going to change your life, and it has. So let's talk about Jeff. Rick Hendrick's in, you're in. When I look at that team I was fortunate enough to be a part of, it not only won a lot of races, but it started so many careers. Myself, Chad Knauss, so many people have jobs and careers because of what you three really did. In your mind, is it any question to you if Jeff Gordon will go in today? No, no doubt, no doubt. And I heard him say... The other day, oh, I'm too young to go in the Hall of Fame. With his record and the way he's changed the sport, if he was 12 years old, he wouldn't be too young to go in the sport. You know, you look at this guy that, you know, he's third on the all-time list of wins. He's, he's won championships. He's won just about every racetrack. And he made a huge difference in the sport. When I look at our sport, you look at those three pillars, the drivers that made the biggest difference. Richard Petty, obviously. Dale Earnhardt is right there. And then it's got to go to Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon made a huge impact on the growth of this sport. So by far and away, it should be a no-brainer. And what I think is so special is Jeff still is writing his legacy. As a broadcaster now, as you mentioned, still very young. It's now a face that I think maybe even a newer fan base can recognize. And I think that's only a, a step in the right direction for the Hall, maybe even more popular. Well, I think, you know, he's doing a great job in the booth. And I think that, you know, being fresh, you know, Jeff, he works hard at everything. And, and he brings a different perspective. 
and he works hard to represent the sport. He's a great ambassador for it. Everywhere he goes, people recognize him, and he's doing such a, a brilliant job with the charity, and he, he always represents the sport in a, pro, a positive light, but now he's trying to be a crew chief, too. You know, his son's driving, so that's right. I don't know. I think that if you and I were smart, we'd quick get Leo under contract. Yeah, that's probably the next <laughs> one to go. So you hear it, Chris, the sound. The two things I've learned is, A, get Leo Gordon on a contract, and B, once you become a Hall of Famer, you don't need credentials. You can just walk into place. It's <laughs> <laughs> great insight, too, from Ray. I love how he said that. Steve described it as humbled and life-changing. Coming up, we're going to step away from the Hall of Fame, but just for a moment, and join Bubba Wallace as he gets up close and personal with something much faster than his 43 car. Charlotte Motor Speedway's Mission 600 continues with Bubba and a U.S. Air Force next on NASCAR America. It is voting day for five men. These are the last six minutes they will ever spend without the title of NASCAR Hall of Famer. But which five will it be? The answer is coming up. Ground was broken on the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2007. And three years later, the Hall welcomed its inaugural class made up of NASCAR founder Big Bill France, his son Bill France Jr., and three of the sport's greatest drivers, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Johnson and Richard Petty. Every year, the king attends the Hall of Fame induction wearing his blue jacket with pride. But he's not just a Hall of Famer. He is still an owner, too. On Sunday, his driver, Bubba Wallace, will try to join the king as a Coca-Cola 600 winner. Earlier this month, Bubba took part in Mission 600, an initiative from Charlotte Motor Speedway and the Department of Defense where NASCAR drivers visit the men and women who serve our country. For Wallace, that meant getting a glimpse at an airman's life in the U.S. Air Force. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good. How are you guys? Okay. All right. Perfect. Let's do it. All right. I'm excited. Thank you, guys. Really cool day. Really special day. Anytime we come here to give back uh, to the military and uh, to see what they go through, give give a couple you know, hours of my time to see you know their everyday life is is truly special for us. A little bit. Seeing in, um, up close and personal F-15 was really cool and being able to climb inside the cockpit. Super cool just to see them get strapped in and, and uh, take off and you know they're, they're going to do out their runs now but uh, very similar to what we do you know it's like us walking out of our motorhomes to go climb in our race cars. Uh, they're walking out of their offices to go fly in a fighter jet which is probably 10 times more badass than what we did for sure. On behalf of everybody at Charlotte Motor Speedway and, and Richard Petty Motorsports getting prepped for the Coca-Cola 600 Memorial Day is, is what we really need to pay attention to. Giving back to our military, remembering the, those who fought for our freedom, giving their lives and made sacrifices for our freedom to enjoy what we do is, uh, is really special. So it's an honor to be here. As we get closer to Sunday night's Coca-Cola 600, you will see more of Mission 600 this week here on NASCAR America. Tomorrow, Brad Kozlowski joins the sailors of the U.S. Navy at the world's largest naval station in Norfolk, Virginia. 
Kyle, the tradition of racing on Memorial Day weekend and paying respect to those men yes. and women who wear the colors of our nation's military is something you know very well. Yeah, and, and Charlotte does a tremendous job. That Speedway, Marcus Smith, Bruton Smith, everybody there does a tremendous job of honoring our soldiers. Uh, and I, I can remember just being a kid and going there and seeing all the military equipment, uh, all the guys, men and women that would come out. Uh, but it's special. And it's when you're standing there and they're playing the national anthem, a chill runs up your spine still to this day when there's that much military there. It's really cool. It is. The pre-race is unlike any other. And, yeah, you do. it yeah. definitely gives you chills no matter which part of the country you're currently living in. It is special for sure. Well, nine classes have been inducted into NASCAR Hall of Fame. Which five legends will make up class number 10? Some of the biggest icons are in Charlotte today. Ken Squire. Uh, there you see Ken Mark Martin, Bobby Allison all waiting to see who will join them in the hall. When NASCAR America returns, the class of 2019, there's Bobby, will be announced live from Charlotte. Years of scratching and clawing, thousands of miles of racing, a lifetime of dreaming. It all intersects right here at NASCAR's Hall of Fame. Those waiting to be inducted, like Harry Gant, joined at the Hall of Fame by current members. You saw Ron Hornaday. There's Jerry Cook. Today... In fact, right now, the five newest members and the landmark recipient will be announced. And you will see it live right here as we turn things over to the folks in Charlotte, North Carolina. Here's NASCAR Senior Vice President for Strategic Development, Eric Nyquist. Welcome, everyone. And thank you for joining us here tonight at the NASCAR Hall of Fame here in Uptown Charlotte. This is one of the cornerstone dates on the NASCAR calendar. As we announce the NASCAR Hall of Fame Class of 2019 and the winner of the 2019 Landmark Award for Outstanding Contributions to NASCAR. Earlier today, the NASCAR Hall of Fame voting panel reviewed, discussed, and selected the five new members of the hall along with the recipient of the Landmark Award. It was a spirited discussion and resulted in five very deserving inductees. The accounting firm EY tabulated the ballots and have placed the five envelopes which contain the names of the class of 2019. Those names will be revealed shortly. We'd like to thank our voting panel for all of their work and efforts in selecting next year's class. We'd also like to thank our broadcast partners, NBCSN, MRN, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, and NASCAR.com. We appreciate their continued support, and we hope our fans enjoy tonight's announcement. And speaking of our passionate fans, they once again played a very important role in this process. Thanks to the NASCAR.com fan vote, their votes counted as one of the ballots cast today. We thank all of our fans for the votes they cast. And finally, I would like to welcome all of the NASCAR Hall of Famers who are here in attendance today, as well as the current nominees and their families. And now, it's time to announce the winner of the 2019 Landmark Award for Outstanding Contributions to NASCAR. Please welcome to the stage NASCAR Vice Chairman Mike Helton. Thank you very much, Eric. What a wonderful day. It's always interesting to check out for three hours and talk about the heritage and history of our sport. 
Our landmark award has quickly become one of the greatest spots in the hall here to be able to pay tribute to those individuals whose names may not be as recognizable across the circuit as some of the others that we get to talk about, but they certainly were very influential in, in building NASCAR, pioneering ways, and sustaining the importance of NASCAR to the fans and the industry. And it's my honor to be able to introduce to you the 2019 Landmark Award winner, my good friend, Jim Hunter. In a career spanning six decades, Jim Hunter left an indelible mark on NASCAR and those associated with the sport. His wit and wisdom helped guide NASCAR's growth as a company executive, track president, public relations professional, and journalist. For whatever reason, I think the perception has been created that NASCAR's not listening, and we're listening. Hunter broke into the motorsports business as a member of the media in the 1950s. He worked as the sports editor of the Columbia Record, was an award-winning reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and columnist for Stock Car Racing Magazine. He moved to the public relations side of the business with Dodge in the 1960s, before serving as public relations director at Darlington Raceway and Talladega Super Speedway. Hunter was a template for how public relations is supposed to work. In 1983, Hunter was named NASCAR Vice President of Administration. In 1993, he became President of Darlington Raceway and Corporate Vice President of the International Speedway Corporation. He remained at Darlington until 2001, when he accepted an offer from Bill France Jr. to return to NASCAR to lead an expanding public relations effort aimed at responding to the needs of burgeoning media coverage. For motorsports journalists, and by connection their readers and viewers and listeners, Hunter was a real company connection between NASCAR then and NASCAR now. Many drivers and industry executives credit Jim Hunter's mentorship as the key to their NASCAR success. What a great character. Congratulations, Ann, Amy, Scott, and your family. And now for the results of the rest of the voting today, I invite up to the stage our leader, Chairman, CEO, Brian France. You know, that's quite an honor. You know, Jim Hunter was, uh, for me, it's an honor for me to be here, but uh, Jim Hunter was my first boss at NASCAR, and uh, I have a great uh, gratitude to him for everything he did to mentor me in my early years and throughout my career. So it's great to have Jim in the Hall of Fame. With that, we have five very distinguished inductees. I'm gonna, happy to tell you the first one. Please welcome Jeff Gordon into the Hall of Fame. A rare mix of youth, charisma, and talent, Jeff Gordon took the NASCAR Premier Series by storm with his arrival in the 90s. In 1994, his first career win in the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte helped set the stage for one of the most electrifying triumphs in NASCAR history at the inaugural Brickyard 400 later that year. We'll remember the name, Jeff Gordon, winner of the inaugural Brickyard 400. In the four-year span from 1995 to 1998, Gordon won three Premier Series titles and 40 races, including a modern-era record-tying 13 in 1998. 
He won his fourth championship in 2001 and is one of only four drivers in NASCAR history to have captured four or more titles. Jeff had four consecutive wins in the Southern 500 from 1995 to 1998, including the Winston Million in 1997. Five wins in the Brickyard 400 leads all drivers. Jeff is the Premier Series all-time leader in road course wins with nine, four at Watkins Glen and five at Sonoma. This three-time winner of the Daytona 500 was also a short track master. Gordon won nine times at Martinsville, five times at Bristol, twice at Richmond, and the final race held at North Wilkesboro in 1996. 93 total career wins stands third on the list of NASCAR's all-time winners in the Premier Series. At his retirement, Gordon set NASCAR's Ironman record with 797 consecutive starts, never missing a race from November 1992 through November 2015. Gordon took NASCAR mainstream and continues his influence in the media as an analyst for NASCAR on Fox broadcasts. One of the great drivers that has ever climbed in a car here at NASCAR. Next, please welcome a longtime car owner, one of my favorite people in the sport, Jack Roush, is in the Hall of Fame. Originally pursuing drag racing and sports car racing as an owner and enthusiast, Jack Roush made a history changing decision when he turned south in 1988 to start a NASCAR team. Since the inception of what is now known as Roush Fenway Racing, the graduate-level mathematician-turned-engineering entrepreneur has won more than 300 races across NASCAR's three national series. He receives the checkered flag. Mark Martin wins. Beginning of a lot of these victories. Well, we expect that. Uh, we expect that once we get through the door, we'll just knock it down. To date. Roush drivers boast two championships in the Premier Series, five driver championships in the Xfinity Series, and one in the Camping World Truck Series. From the bottom to the top, if a company has competitive goals and they're driven by competitive people, I think they're more likely to succeed. Roush initially built his powerhouse organization by pairing with legendary driver Mark Martin, who won 83 NASCAR National Series races for Roush from 1988 to 2005. Affectionately known as the Cat in the Hat, Roush has displayed a great ability for discovering and developing talent. He helped Matt Kenseth and Kurt Busch grow into Premier Series champions and also developed the careers of Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, and Greg Biffle. One of the most visible personalities in the garage on a race weekend, his presence and influence continued to impact the sport in a positive way. The next inductee is truly somebody I've looked up to all my life. Roger Penske's in the Hall of Fame. He's known simply as the captain, a true captain of industry. Roger Penske has steered one of the most successful motorsports ships in the sports history. Penske celebrated his 50th anniversary in racing in 2016. 
It's a journey that began as a young spectator at the Indianapolis 500 and grew into a career that earned success in many forms of racing and business. Car owner and team manager Roger Penske accepting a congratulations. It's been a great day for him. Team Penske has won over 100 races in NASCAR's premier series and in 2012 won the championship with driver Brad Keselowski. And the checkered flag Penske has also multiple Daytona 500 wins with Ryan Newman in 2008 and Joey Logano in 2015. And from 2013 to 15, Penske tied a record with three consecutive owner championships in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Penske likewise left an indelible mark off the track. He built the two-mile Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California in 1996 and previously owned Michigan International Speedway. Nazareth Speedway and North Carolina Speedway. Respected like few others, Roger Penske is revered throughout the motorsports industry as a leader and competitor. He's... This next inductee, had he not had his uh, life tragically, his career tragically cut short, I believe would, would be one of the greats of all time as it is. He's in the Hall of Fame. Davey Allison's in the Hall of Fame. Davey Allison had speed in his blood. The son of Hall of Fame driver Bobby Allison, Davey was a natural at the family business. The younger Allison honed his skills at tracks across the South before getting his premier series break in 1987. That season was a standout for any driver, much less a rookie, with two wins, five poles, and nine top fives, winning Allison Rookie of the Year honors. In just 191 career starts, Allison won 19 races and 14 poles, including the 1992 Daytona 500. Yes! <laughs> We've done it! That season was his best, coming just shy of winning the championship after an untimely wreck in the last race at Atlanta. Allison was a fan favorite. His warm personality and electrifying style behind the wheel attracted countless admirers. He often showed heart, grit, and determination, returning to racing after several dramatic crashes, losing neither his skill nor his smile. Despite winning his own Daytona 500, Allison's favorite racing moment was finishing second to his father in the 1988 Great American Race in the only father-son combo to finish 1-2 in NASCAR's biggest event. Well, you know, when I was a little kid, I always dreamed about racing with my dad and having a 1-2 finish, but I wanted him to be second. Though he lost his life in a tragic helicopter accident in 1993, Davey Allison left behind a legacy of speed and success that did the Allison name proud. It's very popular in the voting room, I will tell you that. Uh, last, but not least, uh, please welcome Alan Kowicki. Short track ace, Wisconsin short track ace Alan Kulwicki moved to Charlotte in 1984 with a dream of competing at NASCAR's highest level. With his degree in mechanical engineering, 
Kulwicki's understanding of the inner workings of a car helped him burst onto the scene as the 1986 NASCAR Rookie of the Year with his cell phone team. Throughout his career, Kulwicki received offers to drive for powerhouse race teams, but insisted on racing for himself. That determination led to his first of five career victories at Phoenix in 1988, and the introduction of his trademark Polish victory lap, a celebratory lap with the driver's window facing the fans. His signature season was his championship-winning 1992 campaign, where Kulwicki overcame a 278-point deficit with six races remaining to capture the NASCAR Premier Series title. He had two wins, 11 top fives, and 17 top tens to defeat Bill Elliott by 10 points. At the time, the tightest championship margin in series history. to defend his title, perishing in a plane crash in April 1993. In 1998, he was named one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers and will forever be known for winning the title, doing it his way. Wow, how, how great is this? What a wonderful night. Congratulations to all of the NASCAR Hall of Fame class of 2019 inductees, as well as the 2019 Landmark Award winner. This is the highest recognition of excellence in our sport and the pinnacle of their careers. Uh, congrats to all of the families and the inductees. What a wonderful night. This concludes today's formal announcement. The media are invited to remain for a series of interviews we thank you all for your attendance and for being with us tonight on this historic night. We hope to see you on Sunday for the running of the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway, live at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Thank you and have a good night. The class of 2019 is official. Some we guessed correctly, others Perhaps a surprise, three drivers in Jeff Gordon, Davey Allison, and Alan Kowicki, two owners in Jack Roush and Roger Penske. So uh, we're going to bring Nate and Steve back in from the hall. I know Dave Burns is going to have some interviews uh, as we continue the show. But, Kyle, I want to start um, with you. Uh, I guess what is a surprise, or, or are there any for you? I, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, we, we all felt, everyone felt that Jeff was the guy. He's going in. Um, all the other guys that were nominated, all the other nominees in this class it was going to be what went on in that room. And I think we heard uh, Mike Helton talk about it. We heard Nate touch on it a little bit that there were seven or eight that he felt like had narrowed it down. And these are all well-deserving. I mean, Allen was so close last year. Uh, the groundswell for Davey Allison has been huge. And with owners, we've cracked that door and owners are going in no more deserving than Roger Penske and Jack Roush. So I, I, to me, I'm not really surprised at this class. Yeah, there's no such thing as a, as a bad choice or a poor no, choice. They're all, all deserving. So what was the mood like there in the hall and, and as it continues to be kind of around you as the buzz and the talking continues, Nate? Well, I, you know, I think one of the cool things we saw here, Krista, was Steve, Mark Martin coming yeah. over and putting his arm around Jack Roush. And I know Mark Martin is a Hall of Famer himself and, there was a lot of anticipation, I think, at Roush Fenway Racing and for 
former Rush drivers, not just Mark Martin, but of course our own Jeff Burton, Matt Kenseth. We've heard a lot of people talking about that in recent weeks. So that, that I think was an emotional moment here. Well, you mentioned it earlier. The criteria for the Hall of Fame is really undefined. And I think this class represents it. It's well beyond numbers on the racetrack. While Jeff Gordon clearly has those, what he did off the racetrack perhaps is just as important. The same for someone like Roger Penske. You and I were discussing. While his numbers in Cup, a couple 500s, a championship, don't blow you away, his impact is far greater. And that really goes for all five nominees this year or now inductees this year. Um, And I think that's the point. It's more than just numbers. It's who you are, what legacy you left, and really these personalities. They're bigger than their resumes could ever be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you guys mentioned numbers because let's go ahead and show. I think we have the the percentages of the vote. Nate, I know you were in the room and you talked about how certain names just sort of kept popping up. One of the big questions was going to be whether Jeff Gordon would be uh, a unanimous decision. I think we all knew who he was going in. I guess this is a surprise, if anything. Jeff Gordon was not unanimous. 96%, the highest, I think, probably um, ever. But um, what, it, when you look at that, or are you surprised, I guess, by that, Nate? I'll, I'll say, Krista, it's a surprise, but it isn't. It's a surprise given what Jeff Gordon accomplished in NASCAR. And I can tell you that for myself as a voter, I'm a little bit disappointed, Steve. And I think there are some voters in that room who are probably disappointed. I don't think that I'm letting out any secrets here to say that there was some discussion in that room, Steve, that there were people who said they would probably feel embarrassed if Jeff Gordon wasn't a unanimous selection. But all that being said, Dale Earnhardt wasn't a unanimous selection. Richard Petty wasn't a unanimous selection. There's never been a unanimous selection in NASCAR Hall of Fame history, and now there still isn't. All that number proves to me is every year I come down here, I'm never sure who's going in because that room can sway the votes. And I think that's important. I think the Hall is built more than just one era or two eras. It's a wide variety. It's a wide variety of backgrounds in that room. I think that's needed because I'm very proud when I walk through this Hall who has currently been inducted over all the years. So I guess I'm not shocked. Because somebody always has to be a rebel. That's what it boils down to. (laughs) Someone's always got to be the troublemaker. Well, the names have been read. It's Hall of Fame announcement day. You just saw it live here on NASCAR America. When we return, you will hear from both of those gentlemen. Mark Martin already in the Hall of Fame. Today, it's made official that his former owner, Jack Roush, will join him. We will hear from them both when we return. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Well, if you are just joining us, what's wrong with you? You're late. The five newest members of NASCAR's Hall of Fame were just announced. No surprise to see the class of 2019 will feature Jeff Gordon, Jack Roush, Roger Penske, and a couple other drivers, Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki, make up the class of 2019. This will be the 10th class to join the ranks of NASCAR's all-time legends. Well, down at the Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina, Dave Burns is with one of those new members and one of his former Hall of Fame drivers. Hi, Dave. That's right. Hey, Krista. Jack Roush now joins his driver, Mark Martin, who with whom he started the whole thing over 30 years ago. Jack, what does it mean now to be uh, to be a nominee and to be uh, inducted in January coming here in the Hall? Well, it's awesome. You know, on the backs of giants, I've been carried to success and to... Uh, recognition that otherwise I could not have been it would have been beyond my grasp individually so you, and Mark was a big part of that here so how did this whole thing get started way back when who had the big idea well Mark uh, trusted me and I trusted Mark uh, to do what uh, he, he should and he could and uh, we were able to win the second year in Rockingham we'd actually run in Bristol a year before but uh, 
I interfered with what was going on on the radio and uh, caused him to drop by, drive by the pit road one day when he should have stopped. But we've had a, we had a great time. We managed to win early, and Mark, of course, got several poles the first year, which kept everybody thinking that we had the promise. Mark, how special is this for you now to see Jack standing here with you? He gets a blue shirt. Uh, it means everything in the world to me. I'm so happy with, with this uh, class and uh, so happy for Jack. If you look at, at his numbers, his numbers are great. But if you look at what he's really done as far as contributing to NASCAR, he brought up all his drivers. I mean, he gave me a second chance when no one else uh, Wood, Jeff Burton, Matt Kenseth, uh, Kurt Busch, Greg Biffle, you know, you name it, Carl Edwards. All these guys were on the outside looking in when Jack Roush gave them the opportunity. He did the same thing in the shop with, with the shop guys. You know, he, he, he gave the tools and the opportunities for guys who really, really wanted it to have a chance to, to succeed. And it means a lot for me to see him in the hall. So, Jack, accolades like this will keep coming your way. For you, though, as someone who made the jump into NASCAR, made that bold move, what do you appreciate so much about being part of this family? Well, it's, you know, they were my heroes uh, in, in the sport uh, before I came in 88. I was 46 years, 46 years old when I started. was not a kid. I had already been racing for 19 years nationally. But it was, uh, I, I could not have accomplished or got the recognition that I've gotten without uh, the commitment that Mark made. And all the same drivers that he made that had, uh, in, he indicated that had great potential and great futures in front of them. They hit, hits their, their, their wagon, their, their horses to my wagon, and we were able to move forward. Their future was so bright, Krista, they had to wear hats. And he does again today. The tradition continues. Jack Roush in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I love your sense of humor, Dave. That's perfect. And yeah, Jack Roush has won 325 races in all three yes. of NASCAR's National Series. You heard Jack say on the backs of giants is how he was carried into the Hall of Fame. Let's talk to one of those giants. Our own Jeff Burton joins us by phone. Jeff, your reaction when you heard uh, that your former boss is going into the Hall of Fame. Extremely excited for Jack. Uh, you know, Mark said it well. Jack gave so many people an opportunity uh, and a second chance that other people wouldn't. Uh, and, and when he gave you that opportunity, he expected you to take it and run with it and wanted nothing less and gave you the, the ability and the authority to do what you thought was best to be successful. And that's how he made it. You know, he worked his way from nothing to become the uh, the guy that he is today, not only as a person but as a as an industry leader and more than just racing. So uh, it's great when you see someone that came from nothing uh, and, and worked himself up, and that's what Jack Roush did. Yeah, and this is a little bit of a two-part question maybe, but how important in those first years in Liberty, North Carolina, uh, Mark Martin living in a trailer, Steve Mill working on that thing, Jack Roush giving them that responsibility uh, and being that kind of boss. And what kind of boss was Jack Roush speaking as a driver? So I'll tell you what kind of boss he was. This will sum it up really quickly. Um, so they had all that success in Liberty, right? And, and you wanted to come to Roush Racing because of the success that they had. And when he hired me, he said, look, we're not going to do it the way they do it. Like, y'all do it the way you want to do it. And, and we're going to show – we're going to – we're going to let y'all teach them something that can make them better, and maybe they can teach you something that will make you better. I mean, think about that. I mean, they didn't, he didn't ask me to build the cars like they were building. He didn't ask me to hang the bodies the way they were hanging them. He didn't ask me to set them up the way they were. He said, do it how y'all want to do it, and maybe you can teach them something and vice versa. And that, 
I mean, that sums it up right there. Now, when it worked, he was standing right there with you. When it didn't work, he was there to put his, you know, put his boot where it needed to go as well. And and uh, that that's how he was. And I I learned Kyle. I learned more in the time I worked for him than I have at any point in my life. He taught me more because he allowed me to fail, and he allowed me to succeed. It's a great perspective. Yes, Thanks, Jeff, for taking some uh, some time out of your day and and joining us, uh, giving us that insight on Jack Roush, now in the Hall of Fame. The yeah. math whiz, engineer, and he's, his legacy is still being written because his drivers are still out on the track. Yeah, most definitely so. And, and listen, I, I remember, I think Steve Mill is a huge part of this. Uh, when we look at Ray Everham and, and Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick, you have to throw Steve into this because, as Mark said, he gave him another chance. Steve got another chance. Roush had come in and done some stuff, so he was back for maybe a second time in this sport. They both got a second bite at the apple, and they're both in the Hall of Fame. There's one more guy that needs to be in there. In February, the Hall of Fame will hit the magic number 50, as the five men announced today will join the 45 before them. One member of the 2019 class is the late Davey Allison, who joins his father, Bobby, in the Hall of Fame. We will hear from Bobby next as Hall of Fame Day continues. There is nothing like a Game 7. Alex Ovechkin has never played for the Stanley Cup. Can he and the Capitals break through against the Lightning? Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Back to our Hall of Fame day in NASCAR. The late Davey Allison, a winner of 19 Cup Series races, will become the second member of the Allison family to enter the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He'll join his father, Bobby, who was inducted in 2011. Dave Burns is a busy guy today. He is standing by with Bobby Allison. And such an honor to talk with Bobby now and to try to realize what this means to you. So we'll just ask you, father, Hall of Famer, uh, NASCAR uh, winner, and so much involved in this sport, but now your son is in the hall with you. Yeah, what an what a incredible day for me and for the family, uh, Liz and and the kids wanted to be here, but they couldn't make it from, from Nashville. But but they really, really will enjoy it with us, too. Just a great day. You're a little biased, Bobby, because you're his dad. But there was so much to like about Davey. He had the talent. He proved the talent at the highest level. But he was so likable, too. I, I bet you were so proud of him. Oh, yeah, I really was. And it just, uh, he always was a, a, an upper. Yeah. When things went wrong racing, you know, he always would say, we'll get him tomorrow. You know, we'll be fine. How will you look at the hall now, Bobby, that uh, his face will appear along with yours? And so many folks will now put the two of you together, much as they did when you were racing together on the track, which was a lot of fun. But how will you look at the hall maybe a little differently now that he's been inducted? Well, certainly I will. You know, it is a great honor. I felt like when I was inducted into here, it was such a great personal honor but it's a great honor for david to be, be inducted too and, and i'm really looking forward to, to donnie allison getting in this thing before too long down the road make a little plug here are we yeah yeah you know uh, he's another one that really gave his heart and soul to this this whole thing and did a lot of good and that's what it's all about here isn't it krista giving your heart and soul to the sport and eventually finding your way into the hall of fame today bobby's son davy is in
And Dave, I love it. That's so like the Allison yeah. family to kind of, he's like, hey, what about Donnie? Don't forget about Donnie. Yeah. But, you know, we saw Bobby's reaction there, Kyle, when they announced Davey's name. And it was almost not a sense of relief, but you could kind of just feel this weight kind of off his shoulders to know they were there. And he kind of gave the thumbs up yeah. that his son is now in the Hall of Fame. Well, I think a couple of different things. When we were watching the footage, that was, that's his sister, Bonnie, who was sitting there in tears. Uh, and you could see him react to Davey's voice on, the, on that tape and, and some of that. But listen, we all know as parents, there's nothing that you want for yourself that you don't want more for your child. Um, and Bobby has given so much to this sport. Um, and, and I think we heard Davey's comments when he ran second. And I think there's moments that will live in this sport forever. And that is one of those sports, one of those moments that transcends with Bobby and Davey running first and second. But, you know, Davey said, yeah, I want to see my dad win, but I won too, but I wanted to be in yeah. front. Bobby would probably say the same thing, <laughs> but in their hearts, they looked at it the other way. Uh, I think Davey was proud to run second to Bobby, and I think Bobby would have been proud to run second to Davey. And you heard Bobby talk about Donnie. It's a family thing. Racing is family. Racing is their first love. That's where they always wanted to be. Um, it was a sad day um, when, when we all found out about Davey, but uh, because of that untapped potential. Uh, but I think this is a huge honor for the Allison family and a well-deserved honor. Well, you mentioned that untapped potential. It's something that Nate and Steve kind of addressed at the yes. top of the show when they were talking about about the nominees. And, and it, it, what is the thought uh, or the conversation in the room during the, the voting, Nate, um, when it came to uh, Davey's name? Well, I think uh, there's two things here, Krista. One, certainly he was his life was cut short before he was able to do a lot of what people expected him to do. Steve, I think championships were expected. But if you look at his stats, he still won a large percent of the time. 10% of his starts, 191 starts, 19 wins, he was winning. Uh, and I think, you know, you made the point. That's, that's in and of itself, that's, that's worthy. Well, in 2018, when the conversation is young, up-and-coming drivers, how do they get measured? Here you go. You want to be measured? Be measured against the Hall of Famer, a man who won 19 races and 191 starts, just under 10%. That... Those are impressive numbers. That, those are the types of numbers, as you say, that, you know, there was a projection of what he possibly could have done. And I have yet to meet someone who doesn't think that projection was going to come true. And then to follow up those numbers with, I'm a very good friend with Doug Yates. I was unable to know Davey. He was in the sport before I got in the sport. But when I hear Doug Yates speak about Davey, someone I respect and speaks of him with such reverence, that just proves to me how valuable he was to the sport and to the race team and in general as a person. And I think that, with his numbers and the potential, that all folded together makes it an easy decision to put him in the hall. Well, guys, we have a special treat now. You talk about how much this is a, is a family uh, emotional day uh, for the Allison family. Joining us now by phone is Liz Allison. Liz, of course, lived Davey's career. Uh, Liz, thank you for joining us. As his wife, you experienced the highs and lows. What is this day like for you? What do you think Davey would say about this honor? Oh, my gosh, Krista. It's like I can hardly talk about it without bawling because that's all we've done for the past 20 minutes. And so it just um, it means so much to us, and I know it would mean so much to Davey. He was such a humble person that he would just be honored to even have been mentioned in, in the group with any of these people were, that were on the ballot with him. So it's just, I mean, it's amazing. And, and for us, for us to not have Davey with us anymore, I think it just, and I know Kyle can so relate to that. It just it hits you in such a different place, you know. And so we're just um, completely overwhelmed with emotions, and we're so proud. When when you look back on that period of time, um, explain to to race fans that didn't have an opportunity to see Davy race who Davy Allison was. 
gosh, I mean, and I mean, and you know so well, Kyle. I mean, he, you know, he was a fierce competitor. He he wanted to win every race that that he was in. But to me, the the most special thing about Davy is is his relationship with his fans. He just had a way of being able to relate, and and the fans felt like they were truly a part of of Davy, a part of his team, you know, part of his family. And there were many races that we would go to, and and you know, I was the first one to say we need to go. We you know we had Robbie and Krista that were little, and you know, it was a long day at the racetrack, and we're ready to, to head back to the house. And, you know, Davey's still hanging at the fence, you know, signing autographs. And so, I, to me, so much about Davey was not just who Davey Allison was in the car as a competitor, but it's who he was as a person and what he brought to the fans. And, you know, fans tell me all the time how much they adore Davey, and, and he adored them. And I and I think they knew that. And that that's really, that's the special side that, that I got to see and that, that drove me crazy at times when I was running little kids around and was ready to go home. But now I look back and I realize what a gift that was, and I'm so grateful for that. Liz, you just mentioned Robbie and Krista. You said you guys have been spending the last 20 minutes crying. Are you with the kids, or has it been phone calls in those last 20 minutes? Oh, my gosh. Krista, Krista's in Texas, and, of course, I'm in Nashville. We're all scattered around. None of us were there at the announcement except for Bobby and, and Bonnie. And Bonnie and I had a good cry this morning on the phone. And it's it just so it, – it takes you back, you know. You're just – you can just close your eyes and go back to those places. And so, you know, when you have these days – and this is like – this is so special. You know, all those races that Davey won, I mean, this is – I mean, this is it, right? I mean, this is like, I mean, it's the ultimate. So we have, we've all been crying and just just jumping around and my phone's been going crazy and just hearing from just sweet friends in the business that I love so much. And um, so I, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you to everybody who voted for him and, and for the fans who have just tirelessly voted for him. It has made such a difference, I know, um, in the room voting, but also in our hearts because our, our family so much appreciates it. Well, it's a special, uh, it's a special, and I know, bittersweet day as well. But what makes it special is because this is a chance, and, and if Liz is still with us, I wanted to ask her, you know, the fact that, you, you know, because of this, you get to be introduced, yeah. Davey gets to be introduced to a new generation of fans. You mentioned the ones who didn't necessarily uh. see him race, who watch now. What are the stories, do you think, going to be between now and in February, uh, February 1st, when that induction takes place? Oh, oh gosh. I mean, that that's what I love, Krista, is just that, is that there's, to your point, there's just this new generation of fans that are coming in. And I tell you what is one of the neatest things that I'm experiencing, because I still work in the business and I'm still out at the racetrack. When, when I come across grown men that have children, that have boys, you know, young kids, and they're taking them to the racetrack, and, and they're, they have tears in their eyes telling me that they were a kid. When they were a kid, Davey was their hero, and now they have their kids that they're bringing to the racetrack, and they're introducing me to their kids. That, and, you know, and they were perhaps that same age when, when we lost Davey. You know, those are, the, those are the stories that still just get me, you know, when I'm out at the racetrack and I, and I meet these these fans that um, of the sport and you know and I think for for Davey what's interesting too is yes we know his stats and we we know what what he was able to accomplish uh, uh, you know in his career on the track and and I think it's just important as important to know about who Davey was off the track and you know and, there, and there's a lot of drivers quite frankly now a lot of the young drivers that that do a great job at that. But they also, there's, you know, they can look back at these drivers, and Kyle was so great at that too. 
and to see how they did it and, you know, and, and how the fans so related to them. And I think that's what made that generation of drivers so popular and so so loved by the fans is because they could relate to them. And so I think that's something that the fans even now, even though Davey, it's been almost 25 years, it'll be 25 years in July, they can, they can look back and they can relate. Because, I mean, Davey will always be 32 years old. You know, in our minds and in our hearts, he will always be 32. And um, and I just think there's it's this just the greatest day. I just cannot even explain <laughs> how excited I am. My hands are still shaking. Well, we can hear oh, the emotion, cool. yeah, in that your voice. Cool. Thank you so much, Liz, yes, for, for putting the Kleenex aside to join us for a little bit today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's good to talk to you, Krista. And you too, Kyle. Hope yeah. to see you both soon. Thank you. I know we're celebrating with, with Liz and, and Krista and Robbie, and it's yes, a special day for the Allison cool. family, as we, we heard from Bobby as well. And coming up, we're going to hear from yes. another member of the 2019 class. It's Roger Penske. The captain calls in on NASCAR America. NASCAR's next Hall of Fame class has been determined. The California kid, the cat in the hat, the captain, the gritty next generation driver, and the people's champion. Those are the five who will be inducted on February 1st. Alan Kowicki, I know uh, that's one that was uh, on your yes. on your list for sure. Been on my list ever since he was nominated. Alan and I were friends. Uh, spent a lot of time with him that last, uh, before the Atlanta race, before he won the championship and was crushed. Sat on a hotel bed in, in Bristol, Tennessee and cried when the accident happened. For me, Alan Kowicki was the end of one era, uh, the end of the owner-driver. I, I, and I know Tony Stewart gets credit and people are going to hate me but not in the vein that Alan Kowicki was an owner-driver. Phenomenal owner-driver, phenomenal organizer, phenomenal race car driver, did everything. That's the old-school way of doing it. He was also the beginning of a new era, bringing that engineering knowledge to this sport. He's the guy that cracked that door open that's been blown open now. So, again, so many things that these drivers and these people that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame today, so much they did on the racetrack, but how they changed the sport in so many different ways. And really, as you were talking and seeing that video, you think about it. That year, that season, those final races, 1992, oh. the Kings final season, Jeff Gordon oh, begins, Alan crazy. Kowicki wins the championship, and you kind of have it all rolling together yeah. with Alan Kowicki and Jeff Gordon going in in the same year. It's that magic moment where, where you almost visually, when you look back on it, see the end of one era in this sport and the beginning of another era. Uh, Alan was that bridge. It was a short bridge because of that accident. Uh, but at the same time, he was that bridge between the Richard Petty generation and the Jeff Gordon generation. Wow. Yeah, when you say it like that, it really was. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable, and we're, we're very excited for, the, for uh, all of Wisconsin, I yes. know, who is cheering yes. today that Alan Kowicki is going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Well, we still have more to discuss. We're going to try to hear some more interviews from the Hall of Fame and, and bring you closer to those nominees. Roger Penske, the captain. Wow, what a weekend it's going to be for yes. him, potentially, with the Indy 500. The Coca-Cola 600, Roger Penske, the captain, is now in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Nothing sweeter than a championship. The championship goes to Jeff Gordon. I feel like I've been making 300 championship victory laps because I wasn't doing much racing out there. Jeff Gordon is going to win his second championship. 
We didn't do it in style today, but we didn't style all year long. This guy's a champion, and today he joins the ranks of the legend. 13 wins in a single season. I know I've said this a million times, but I cannot believe this. Jeff Gordon has locked up the championship. I'm just absolutely blown away that it's our fourth time doing this. It seems like the first time all over again. Each one gets sweeter. A four-time champion. You know, I was just thinking, it's a big night for hockey and NASCAR. You could say Jeff Gordon's win at Martinsville was a bit of a Game 7 moment. It allowed him to end his career racing for another championship. And Jeff joins us now via phone. Uh, he just finished his duties for Fox, is now en route to the Hall of Fame for more interviews. Jeff, thank you for allowing us to sneak this conversation in. And more than anything, congratulations. You knew this day was coming. How does the reality compare to the expectation? Well, you never know until they announce your name. So, you know, I, I, I didn't know how to handle uh, leading up to this moment or how I would uh, feel, but uh, it, it's, it's an amazing accomplishment, and I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of this, uh, this group, not just, you know, this year for the 19 class, but which is, by the way, a very impressive uh, group and, and all have a, a, you know, a, a, a big significance uh, on my life and, and career, so I find that very special. But then you go back, you know, to just all the legends, all the names, all those that have been inducted over the years, and and what NASCAR has done to the Hall of Fame to make it so special, and certainly what it's meant to my career. So, man, I'm on cloud nine right now, and just thrilled to be on with you guys. Hey, Jeff, it's Steve. First, congratulations. Much like Krista said, so deserving. I couldn't be happy for you, buddy. I want to know. For me, watching Rick go in a couple years ago, Ray last year, the Hall really just became something special to me. Now going, watching you go in is going to be even one step above that. Have you spoken the last year or so, knowing you were going to be eligible to Rick or Ray about what this Hall has meant to them? You know, I, I, I agree with you, Steve. The significance of, of being there and seeing Rick get inducted and then last year being a part of, of uh, Ray or, you know, earlier this year with, with Ray, um, you know, that, that's where it really started to sink into me of how special it would be. And, and I, because, because by talking to them uh, and, uh, you know, both of them really, uh, what, what, you know, they dedicated, committed their whole lives. And, and that's, that's the thing I see as a common thread of anybody that goes in the hall of fame, they, they, they sacrificed everything for racing and for NASCAR and it became their life. And to be honored, uh, you know, if I go into the Hall of Fame, it just, uh, you know, it, it, it makes it all worthwhile and, and, and makes it very, very special. So that's what's making it even more special for me today. First, Jeff, congratulations. Uh, phenomenal. It, it, everything about Jeff Gordon is phenomenal. Let me say that. But when I look on the sport, I, I look at that there's been four distinct eras of the sport. The 50s uh, with so many different drivers. 60s and 70s with Richard Petty, then the Earnhardt era, and the Jeff Gordon era. When you look back on that, can you see that about yourself? Can you see that you changed the sport and took it in a different direction? Well, Kyle, I, I mean, I feel like I was just so fortunate to have the timing that I had. Yeah, I worked hard to get there, but the things that lined up when I got to NASCAR, uh, not just the Cup Series with Rick Hendrick and Ray Everham and um, you know, Steve Letard and Alan Gustafson and Robbie Loomis and those guys. But even before that, you know, to, to come into NASCAR, come from Indiana, move to North Carolina, 
drive for Bill Davis and the sport take off to the level that it took off through, through the 90s um, and to be a significant part of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I played a role in it, but I feel like so many people did, and we were riding this incredible wave and enjoying what that era meant. And I think for me more than anything, I was just so thankful to be, you know, at one, at one of the best organizations with one of the best teams and the best race cars at a time when the sport was was you know, just exploding. And obviously, because of that, that's why I'm in the Hall of Fame. Well, Jeff, from your fans in Vallejo, California, to Pittsburgh, Indiana, to our studios yeah. here in, in Stamford, Connecticut, uh, whether fans rooted for you or not, no question, the respect and the celebration for you today is unanimous. So thank you for taking the time and congratulations. Well, thank you. And, you know, uh, it, it, again, it's just I, I'm so excited and honored to, to be a part of this. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next few hours in this evening, uh, getting to the hall. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I can't wait. I hope I get a chance to see Bobby Allison and give him a big hug. I'm so happy for him and his family having Davey. And Davey meant a lot to all of us, but he was special to me. Um, you know, for some reason, he embraced me when I first came into the sport and, and so I, I can't wait to give him a big hug. All the inductees are obviously very well deserving but that, that one you know holds a little bit of a special place for me in my heart so I'm looking forward to that moment. Well thank you again. Oh. It's a special class for sure. Again Jeff Gordon joining us en route uh, to the <laughs> Hall of Fame. He just never stops. Uh, we're going to hear from the fifth member of the 2019 class Roger Penske during our motorsports special on Friday at 3.30 Eastern. Kyle and I will be with you for that. That's all for our special edition of NASCAR America. Our thanks to Steve Letarte, Dave Burns, Nate Ryan. The 10th class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame is in place. Congratulations to those elected. And don't forget Game 7 of the Caps and Lightning. A few future Hall of Famers on the ice in that one. Coverage starts 30 minutes from now. We'll see you again for NASCAR America tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.